What up, everybody? It's Cuff of the Vision Lab Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. If you're looking for the best insurance and customer service, make sure you pick up the phone and dial 972-645-1844. Whether it's home, life, or business insurance, Robert and his staff are the best at protecting you and your family. Once again, that's Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. Agency. The phone number, 972-645-1844. And the website is farmersagent.com forward slash R Garcia. And don't forget to mention the Vision Lab podcast. I mean, to build a company with my kids. I mean, my, my kids still remember this thing when it was just a dream. Uh, in fact, a cute story. So my daughter was very young. I was a, a television reporter here in Dallas. And she always envisioned herself growing up and anchoring with her dad. She saw it very clearly, right? And in 2008, I decided to quit TV news and start a PR firm. And so when I called my daughter, I said, hey, uh, what, what would you think if daddy wasn't a TV reporter anymore? And her answer was, well, what are we going to do? Because <laughs> <laughs> she knew we were a package deal, whatever. So we the entire plan. That's it. Welcome back to the Vision Lab podcast, a partnership with Nexum Creative. I'm your host, Ryan Cuffey, alongside my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. Yo, we're just two guys hanging out, really talking to some inspirational people all across the country. It's our privilege and honor to bring the content to you guys each and every week. We hope that you grow from it. We hope that you learn from it. And most importantly, we hope that you find the best version of yourselves. Yo, Mo, who do we have in the studio today? Cuff, today's guest is a native of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, he has over 25 years of experience in the news, broadcast, media, whatever uh, title you want to put on the industry. Um, he is the owner, CEO, all of the above of this beautiful location here off of 635. Uh, and we'll get into the name of it and everything behind it. Please welcome the one and only Jeff Crilly to the Vision Lab podcast. <laughs> and the crowd is going crazy. How are you, sir? I'm so honored to be on the show. This Absolutely. is amazing. No, the Thank honor you so is much. all of ours. You came with sure. libations. I'm yes. <laughs> so why don't this is a little different, Mo? Because normally we wait to the end, and we'll still do the the landing of the plane with Grand Below. But I want to give a real quick shout out to GB right now. Um, yes. And, and toast to you, Jeff. For oh, thank you. Just a beautiful um, yes. studio. And to new friends. New yes. friendships. Love it. Um, you know, one of the cool things about about here is that, like you said in the intro, it's a family business. How important or, or how much value do you get out of working with your kids and seeing them on a daily basis operating, you know, the behind the scenes things? Um, they're the light of my life, you know, coming to work every day. So my daughter and I have a routine. Uh, she will call me or I'll call her. And uh, if she calls me, she says, it's going to be a great day. And I'll say, it's mm. going to be the best day. And uh, then coming to work, usually I'll come in in the morning and my son has already been here for an hour, working hard, keeping everything together. He's kind of jack of all trades. My daughter's my vice president. And I can honestly say there's never been a bad day at Real News PR because all we're doing is building a dream together. And when you build it with your kids, man, I'm so blessed. 
Amen. Why the name Real News PR? You've got this amazing background. You, know, you you were institution here in DFW, and then like you said, you decided to like, hey, I'm gonna do a PR firm. But why the name Real News? So Real News really is a message to the journalist. If we're gonna pitch you a story, it's because it's real news. Uh, well, later, uh, fake news became a thing, and now everybody thinks I'm a genius. Oh, I get it. Real news, fake news. <laughs> Can't take credit for that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, our, our PR firm specializes in having former journalists pitch uh, the working journalists news stories. And what would take another PR from a month to do, I can do with a text message or an email to a friend. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm so blessed. What was the inspiration behind this entire vision? Well, it started with a book. When I was a TV reporter at Channel 4, I wrote a book on publicity. It's called uh, Free Publicity, A TV Reporter Shares the Secrets for Getting Covered on the News. <laughs> I asked my boss's permission to print the book and, 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 and go out there and promote it. And they said, well, how are you planning to promote it? I said, well, I figured I'd go around and give speeches. And they said, all right, as long as you know you're not allowed to accept a speaker's fee. And at the time, I was I was cashing little checks in my mind. I thought, well, certainly I could get a few hundred bucks to speak. So we're going to roll a little video, and this is video of me speaking in in my my height. At my height, I was speaking 300 times a year in addition to my TV job. Breakfast, speech, lunch, speech, go to work at Fox 4. Breakfast, speech, lunch, speech, go to work at Fox 4. Wow. I sold 70,000 copies of a $10 book, and this business was born because when you're speaking that often, people are trying to hire you. They're saying, man, I could buy your little $10 book, but I don't have time to do any of this stuff. Can I just hire you, Jeff Crilly? Right. And I say, no, I, I can't take your money. I'm, I'm on TV. I'll just give you free advice. So I'd give them free advice. And next thing you know, they'd be on the cover of the Dallas Morning News. And they'd call me up on a Sunday and they'd say, Jeff Crilly, you're a genius. <laughs> I, I saw you three days ago. You told me who to call at the Dallas Morning News. I'm on the front page of the Sunday Dallas Morning News. And I, I, thought, I thought to myself, man, some PR firm would have gotten a lot of money and it wasn't me. So uh, in 2008, uh, I had just turned 45, 25 years in the business. It seemed like a nice round number. So I asked my wife's permission to quit. I quit. And uh, one month after I quit, we go into the Great Recession. Oh, you guys oh. remember what that oh, was? Oh, yeah, like? absolutely. Yeah. And that was brutal. I mean, starting out. Uh, so I started out with uh, 10 clients paying me three grand a month. I mean, so let's be real. No overhead. 10 clients paying me three grand a month. So I'm making 30 grand a month. That's a nice start. With no overhead. Well. I'm going to show you my very first client. We, we, we mute the audio. My very first client is a civil attorney here in town. Okay. His name is Clint David. Uh, he was looking for a way to raise his profile. And so I went to work for Clint David. So there you see him on channel five. He's on channel four. He's on channel eight. Uh, lather, rinse, repeat. Every morning I was waking up thinking about Clint David. How do I get this man on the news? How do I get him on the news? So I'm watching the news. I'm seeing, you know, my friend Sean Rev from Fox 4 yeah. at the courthouse. I would call up Sean. I'd say, hey, Sean, it's Crilly. Hey, good, man. How you doing, man? Uh, how's life after news? Oh, excellent, excellent. Uh, what's up, Krill? How can I help? Well, uh, I see you're at the courthouse covering that uh, Don Hill trial. Do you need an expert who's not connected to the case? Yeah, I could use an expert not connected to the case. Who do you got? Clint David. Oh, the dude with the good hair? Yeah, we love Clint. Uh, send, send him down to the courthouse. We'll, we'll interview him. And so, to have good hair. So end of the first year, Clint calls me up. He says, I've got good news and bad news. I said, tell me the good news. He says, dude, you got me 500 media placements in the first wow. year. It probably could have been 700, but I had a firm to run. I said, 
what's the bad news? He says, dude, I don't really need you anymore because they call me direct. And what you guys have to know about me is I'm a middle child, son of a minister. My love language is words of affirmation. Amen. So I did not hear you've been fired. I heard you did too good a job and you worked yourself out of a job. And I said, I want to hear that every day for the rest of my life. So as a business proposition, we actually rein the publicity down on the client by, by design. Because if I'm working with you and you're on the news every night, pretty soon your friends are seeing you on the news and they're like, hey, Ryan, what is the deal, man? Who's your yeah. PR guy? So strategically, we're over-delivering on the media side. And then this division we're in right now, the podcast division, is such a godsend. In fact, I'll tell you a cute story if you don't mind. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So my daughter comes to me three years ago, and she says, Daddy, we need to start a podcast division. And I laughed at her. I said, who listens to podcasts? <laughs> what a novel concept. <laughs> and this is three years ago. She says, Dad, all those young people jogging on the Katie Trail, they're not listening to music. They're listening to podcasts. And so I gave her my credit card. I said, Sarah, don't go crazy. So she goes out, she buys a little board, some GoPros, a couple of cheap mics. Uh, she puts together this little podcast division. And as the thing started to grow, the light bulb went off. I said, what if I started to spend a little bit of money? So we're going to show you a little highlight reel here of our studios. We've, we've built the nicest studios in the country where you can just come in off the street with an idea for a show. We match you up with a morning show producer for television or radio. And the next thing you know, you've got a, uh, a really upscale podcast. And it's turnkey. It's turnkey. And we have this philosophy that everybody who ever started a podcast from day one just wanted to be the host. They never wanted to be the tech. They never oh. wanted to spend three hours editing, uploading, tagging. That, that stuff drives them crazy. Correct. So um, instead of sitting at home with a ring light being frustrated, <laughs> we, we say, we say, come on in off the street. Uh, we'll match you up with a producer. It's your show, not our show. We're not going to tell you who to interview, what to say, how to walk, who, you know, how to chew gum. This is your show. You're the executive producer. We're here to stand by as advisors. We can give you the benefit of our wisdom from a career in television or radio. But at the end of the day, this has to be a product you're proud of. And so this little division that I laughed at my daughter for creating uh, is now makes up more income than the, the, the PR division wow. that, that I created. And so uh, I just, I'm, you see this twinkle in my eye, this smile mm -hmm. is, wow, I'm so blessed. Yes. Think about, think about like, I mean, I think the difference between the media division that I started and the podcast division that my daughter started is the ability to light candles. So hmm. what yeah. do you mean by that? Okay. So think about um, a, a, a podcaster comes on. I light their candle. They start inviting guests. They're lighting other candles. There you go. So we got a whole stadium of lights now because everybody who has a show with us, for the most part, it's a guest-driven show. So the guest comes in. They're like, this is cool. How does this work? Do you rent these studios? Or, oh, yeah. It's like 500 bucks a show. Come in off the street with an idea. Next thing you know, the guest is becoming the host. Mm -hmm. So this division is kind of growing all on its own. And I'll tell you, I mean, we're all entrepreneurs. A source of satisfaction that I've just experienced in the last year, I don't touch every single new client anymore. In the old days, if somebody signed a contract with us, I recognized the email address. You know, we have a system where if somebody signs a contract and pays us mm -hmm. and I see money jump into my account, I know where the money came from. Not anymore. N now I look at my phone 
and I see somebody just paid us $10,000 for a bunch of shows. And I look at an email address and I don't recognize the email address. <laughs> and I said to myself, you know, I need to figure out who we just sold a show to. And I'm sharing that to you as fellow entrepreneurs. I've built a machine now and the right. machine is working with or without me. And that's to me the greatest gift. Five years ago, I get hit by a bus. This company closes. Today, I get hit by a bus. They have a kumbaya moment. They yeah. say, we we love uh, Jeff Crilly. He started the company. He's a great guy. We're, we're, great guy. <laughs> but this machine is going to work on without him. So I've created a legacy for my kids. That's a beautiful thing. You and I have gotten to know each other the past couple of weeks. What do you stand on? And I'm a, there's a follow-through why I'm asking you that. What do you stand on? What principles do you base everything that you do off of? Uh, God, obviously, and excellence. Excellence is, uh, I have this idea, I, I call it the four seasons treatment. So uh, think about the four seasons. Uh, the reason somebody would pay $400 a room versus the La Quinta, which might be $89 a night, is not that the beds are all that more comfortable or the pillow is all that more comfortable. It's how you feel. When you come into the Four Seasons, it's sir, ma'am. They don't hand you the key over the desk. They walk around the desk and they present it to you with both, right? Are you, yeah, are you yeah, feeling me? Yeah, and absolutely. so I tell my team, Four Seasons treatment. Everybody who walks in here is wearing the same T-shirt. Uh, everybody in, in life is wearing the same T-shirt. Make me feel special. Wow. A lot of companies can't see that. That's all we see. Everybody who comes in here is holding a baby. Sometimes it's a new company they just started. So it's an infant. Please help me raise this infant. Sometimes they're coming to us with a with an adult child. <laughs> I've been growing this thing for my, 25 years. My wife years. would say that I'm an adult child. <laughs> <laughs> and they're coming, but each one of them is saying, please help me raise my child. Right. And we take great comfort in that. I'll tell you a fun story from a few years ago. Um, Richard Chamberlain, the famous wow. uh, restaurant, wow. uh, had heard good things about us. I invited him to come check out our company and he came in and I'm used to giving the tours here, meet Derek, here, meet uh, Josh. Um, he broke from the tour. I, so I brought him into the company and he says, it's okay. I, I can, I can guide myself around. And he walks up to an employee and he says, my name is Richard. What are you doing? Tell me what you do here. And he, he gave himself a self guided tour around our, our little office. And after it was over, he comes to me, I walk him out, and he says, man, you have a fine company. I mean, that was kind of impromptu. Uh, I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm sure you have a tour that you, you normally give. Right. I broke from the tour. You have really good people. And I found myself almost tearing up because I said, Richard, you've built an incredible brand for yourself. And for you to even think about considering my company with your brand, because how many nights has he been up until two in the morning oh, running that company and right. getting up the next morning to do it all again? And for him to say, here is my brand and I am trusting wow. you with this brand, Jeff Crilly. We take that seriously. Absolutely. And with tears in my eyes, I said, Richard, the fact that you're even considering allowing us to help grow your brand is, is humbling to me. And I want you guys to feel that because we live, sleep, and breathe this thing. This is not just a way to cash a paycheck. This is a we're gonna we're gonna leave a legacy. We're gonna we're gonna shake up this PR world and podcast world, and we're gonna make a difference. 
before we go to the next step, I feel like you got a thought, Cuff. Yeah. Allow me to say thank you to uh, a team, a, a an entity that supports us, and that's the good folks at, at Bowen Smoke Cigar Lounge and the new location in Lancaster, Texas. Uh, and Rena Brown is the owner. Um, EB, Devontae, uh, DJ Too Clean, we appreciate you guys so much for all your support. Visionaries, if you have not had a chance to get to the new location down in Lancaster, I believe the address is 1604 North I-35. Uh, please don't quote me on the zip code because it escapes me at the moment. But EB, thank you guys for your support. The Instagram handle is at Blowing Smoke. Um, great service. Um, they will acknowledge you as soon as you walk in the door. And obviously, the human door is top notch. Make sure you get the Blowing Smoke Cigar Lounge. Yeah, I want to touch on, obviously, this is a growth mindset podcast. And even in 2021, people are dealing with and challenged with limiting beliefs. You really come across as a person that not only has overcome limiting beliefs, but you're not afraid to challenge yourself and go beyond what you originally thought was possible. Can you speak to our visionaries that are, that are listening or watching us on YouTube um, how does somebody overcome limiting beliefs? Uh, faith in God. So I'll tell you a story from the very beginning of the pandemic. And I, I have to tell you, I was scared because everything, I, since I started my PR firm in 2008, I had heard stories from others in public relations that they had lost all their clients inside a month. Because wow. what's the first thing you do during a recession? Cut advertising. You cut your advertising, yeah. you cut your marketing, yeah. gone. And so this whole time I had been climbing up this mountain thinking at some point we get a pullback. At some point we get a pullback. Let me try to recession proof my company. And I really didn't know that I had gotten there when the pandemic hit. And the pandemic hit and it was a Saturday and guys, I was scared. The world was changing literally before our eyes. Yeah. Everything is shutting down. If nobody has money to spend, that's it. The phone calls are going to start flooding in. I'm sorry, Jeff Greeley. I love you. I love your team. We got to make cutbacks. I'm laying off people. I got to drop you as my PR firm. I'll I'll check back with you when 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 the world's back when, when the world's back to normal. So I'm sitting at home. It's a Saturday, and I'm scared, guys. I don't want to have to come in and fire people. This is my family, right? <sighs> phone call phone call on a Saturday from a guy who leads a man, men's Bible study. And he says, Jeff, I, I don't know you from Adam, but I heard you know something about streaming. Oh, I can't. Uh, my men need me. I can't meet with them physically. I heard you know something about streaming. Mm. I said, you know, I do know something about streaming. Why don't you why don't you come in on Monday? And I was like, wow, thank you, God. Wow. 15 minutes later, swear to God, another pastor, completely different church, calls me. He says, Jeff, uh, you don't know me. I pastor a church in Collin County, and we cannot worship anymore. Somebody told me you know something about streaming. Oh. Two phone calls on a Saturday, both faith-based. I dropped on my knees, and I thank God, because I'm like, man, if that's not a signal from God that I had pivoted into an area that suddenly everybody needed, streaming communications. And to, I can honestly tell you that this is a gift from God that we are sitting here talking because this, had I not moved into streaming at a time when everybody needed to communicate, oh, I don't know that we'd be sitting here enjoying an adult beverage and talking about this stuff. Right. 
one of the things you mentioned in the pandemic, I'm glad you brought that up. When when the pandemic hit, he he was one of the first people I ever heard say, he said, well, God's called a 20-second timeout on everybody. And it, it ended up, up being a full-time yeah, out. it ended up being a full-time <laughs> out. And he said, this is the time for everybody to use the word pivot a lot, but this, this is the time for everybody to truly make adjustments and really refine what mm-hmm. it is that you're trying to be good at. And the ability to pivot, to adjust, to adapt, all that. You can see it on the back end now that we're trying to get back to some sense of normalcy. You can see it on the back end who in whatever field they're pursuing, who actually used that time properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and congratulations to you on that. Um, I want to shift gears. Well, well, hold on. But real quick, I mean, because that's a, that's a huge thing, right? Like, there was this... 20-second full full timeout. We use sports as an analogy here. Um, I think the real important thing was the ability to take self-inventory. Yes. Right? Here's, here's where we are, and you are on the ascend, right? You're moving up. You're doing everything right out of nowhere, you know, completely uh, blindsided with the pandemic, and, and everybody was, right? But you took a podcast platform, a streaming platform, pivoted, and made that a, a true anchor to the business. We, we have a lot of visionaries, a lot of people that uh, are um, self-employed or, or entrepreneurs that have to learn the value of a pivot. Can you speak to when do you pivot? When is it appropriate to pivot? Or, or really, how do you know when it's the right time to, to pivot? So um, let's take the restaurant industry, for example. The ones that knew how to quickly turn on a dime and do carryout service, those are the ones that thrived during um, COVID. The ones that couldn't shut their doors. Yeah. And we all know restaurants that are no longer with us. And we drove by uh, and, and it's just like, gosh, I wish that place didn't go under. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a business owner and you're in a crisis, which the the pandemic was, you have to say, okay, if if I can't sell this, what can I sell that the market will reward me for? And how quickly can I make the pivot? Um, it, those restaurant owners that didn't have much time, think about the runway until they got some PPP money. There was no runway at right. all. And so it was all, I, I know restaurant uh, friends of mine that said in less than 48 hours, we figured out how to do to-go service. And <laughs> and the ones that could also serve liquor did even better. Yeah. And you know what that reminds me of? Episode 94 with Marcus Kiprios. Oh, my owner gosh. Of Blackland Distillery Before. out in Fort Worth. Yes. I want to give a big shout out to you, Marcus. Um, you've got a phenomenal product with the four different libations. And he's not a sponsor of the show, but just, you know, a, a truly great businessman, right? And he knew that within his um, spirits he could actually produce hand sanitizer. Oh, brilliant. So what a brilliant pivot move to keep your business alive. Yes. Right? And and I think that's really what it takes. And I think that's what entrepreneurs and and people that that even work their normal nine to fives need to understand is that there are going to be challenges um, that come up within all of our lives. It doesn't mean that it's the end of the road. You just have to be creative enough and have enough fortitude to pivot and work around it. Well, so I'll tell you a pivot that we made, and I don't take credit for this. Josh, our head of operations, came up with this. Um, we all remember when Clay Jenkins, the uh, 
county judge shut down Dallas County to all non-essential services. So one week before that order went in place, Josh, my head of operations, comes to me and says, hey, boss, we probably don't ever need this, but just in case they shut us down, we should probably learn how to produce podcasts remotely. Like if all of our employees had to go from home, how could we produce shows remotely? If it's okay with you, I'm going to send them all home with the right gear and, and platforms to produce shows remotely. And at the time, I thought to myself, well, he's being a little too uh, too cautious. Too, too cautious. That's not going to happen. They're not going to close down the county. Oh, <laughs> well, did they? One week later, mm. boom. Right. Well, we produce 90 shows now. Those aren't episodes. Those are 90 unique shows for a total of like 450 episodes. Represents a sizable chunk of our income. Sure. I didn't want to have to go to 90 different clients and say, sorry, can't do your show. We were able to go to 90 different clients and say, look, even Clarice Tinsley is anchoring from home right now. It looks socially responsible for you to do your show from home. So because of this unique circumstance we're in, we suggest you don't put your show on hiatus. We suggest that you do your show from home. We'll match you up with perfect lighting and audio. We'll put you in a uh, you know, CNN or Fox 2 box with animation so it has the professionalism of a professional show. You'll have all the bells and whistles that you're used to and your audience is used to, and you don't have to put your show on hiatus. And, and we did not lose a single show during the six weeks when we couldn't use our, our beautiful studios. Amen. So this is the Vision Lab podcast. And I was going to ask it later on, but, you know, we're having a new time. When I say the word vision, what do you think? What comes to mind? Vision is casting an, a dream and being able to adjust because we all have dreams, right? right? Uh, you, we all remember when Elon Musk was talking about flying. <laughs> sure. I remember Jeff Bezos. I got to hear Jeff Bezos speak at SMU and... And, you know, as successful as he is, he's talking about space flight. And this is like three years ago at SMU. And I'm like, man, what this guy has too much money. <laughs> well, we, just, we just saw Richard Branson Fly to space. Yep. beat Jeff Bezos to space. <laughs> <laughs> all the competition between Uber, Uber, Uber billionaires. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yes. But I think all of us uh, small entrepreneurs can learn stuff from the really, really big entrepreneurs. Think about what Jeff Bezos did. He started as a book distributor. And he was making a bunch of money. If you remember Amazon stock in the late 90s, it was one of those ghost stocks. And he could have been happy with just books. But he sat back and had a vision. He says, well, it's working so well with books. Seems like we could probably sell diapers. Seems like we could probably sell milk. (laughs) Now they sell everything. Yeah. And and, and what did COVID do for Amazon? Oh, Oh. that's right. So uh, I take a, a clue from those extremely successful entrepreneurs that are constantly saying, okay, this is good. How much better can it be? So every day at this company, we're, we're constantly looking at what we're doing. How could we enhance the consumer experience? How could we get better? Uh, can we, can we do this in other markets? I mean, that, that's the natural progression of what we're trying to do is there needs to be one of these in every NFL city. I, I completely agree. So you're, you're kind of doing a little bit of word association, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to throw a word association at you too, Jeff, Um, but it's more of a phrase. Anything is possible. When I say that, what does that mean to you? Don't be afraid to have childlike dreams. I think what happens is as we get older, we listen to too many people who say, no, that won't work. So childlike dreams, 
uh, when you ask a little kid what they're going to do, they're going to be the president. <laughs> they're going to play in the NFL. They all have these childlike dreams. I look at these very successful entrepreneurs like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Mark Cuban. They still have childlike dreams. And so d don't forget to, to be a child and have a big dream. And, and I would also say hang around people who support you. There are too many yes. negative people, and sometimes it's a family member, sometimes it's a good friend. But if you find yourself around a group of people who are not lifting you up, is not nourishing your dream, or telling you the 10 reasons why it won't work, I think you need to find a different group of friends. Yeah. It's funny he says that, because it makes you think of BP. Yeah. Uh, the very first gentleman we have on the show, his name is BP Battles. He's on the boardroom in Fort Worth. And one of the things that just sticks in, every time somebody talks about that, he said, if you look up and you figure out that you might be the smartest person in the room, get a different room. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so it, here's where I want to go with that. I mean, I think that's, you know, sage advice. Stole your word, by the way. Ah, come on. Um, I think a lot of people had the vision, which was the word that you talked about, right? I think a lot of people want to become a better version of themselves. But can you talk about how to get through that actual sticking point? It's like, for that person that constantly is, is willing to put themselves out there, they have the vision, they have the drive, the motivation, but yet they kind of get there and then they, it, it fizzles out or, or they can't actually, you know, push through. How, how, how would you coach or what advice would you give to someone that's looking to actually break through? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk to the person who is currently um, working in corporate America for someone else. Sure. The man. Um, the man. So it's scary to start on your own. It's super scary to start on your own. Uh, there's an old expression, you can't steal second with one foot on first. Wow. I was taking a long lead off. Uh, so <laughs> by, by, by a long lead off, I mean, I'm doing two speeches a day, going to work at Fox 4, two speeches a day, going to work at Fox 4. I was really kind of like... Uh, so you were creeping down I was, the line. I was creeping. Base. And, I mean, let's be, let's be honest. I'm selling a $10 book. I was selling 11,000 books a year for six years. So I was making almost as much money selling a book as I was at Fox 4. And I remember the whole time during those six years where I'm out moonlighting, selling books, what's the worst thing you can do? Fire me? If they fire me, suddenly I get 40 hours a week back to myself. Well, in 2008, when I made that bold decision to leave, I wrote up a resignation letter to my boss. And I remember this night, I'm at Fox 4. It's, it's right after the, my nine o'clock news shot. I had written up the letter of resignation. My boss knew I was going to send it, but my finger hovered above the send button for a full minute because I, I said to myself, man, if I, if I press send, That's it. I'm not taking this back. And I went, man, 25 years. I'm good at the TV stuff. That's safe. I know how I'm going to get paid. I, they like me here. If I press send, man, that's scary. Maybe I should, man. Okay. Send, and I remember exhilaration and panic all at the same time. <laughs> and I said, well, I guess I got to do it now. <laughs> and uh, I always knew that, you know, if, uh, if you pushed me in the pool, I was going to be an Olympic swimmer. Okay. But I was standing on the edge of the pool, just afraid to jump into the water. If you push me, I, I'm not looking back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it everything I have. Because I, I, I don't want to have to go crawling back to Fox 4 six months after I start my company and say, I'm sorry, I made the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. And part of that is getting up early, 
staying up late. You were telling me before the show, yeah. you're the you're the first one up, last, last one, one to go to sleep. <laughs> so uh, this idea of uh, being the hardest working person in the company, right. it never goes out of style. I mean, I get up every morning at five, and every employee here knows that. I get up every morning at five. Why? Because I'm sending out an email that goes out to 34,000 journalists across the country. It's one of the things that makes this company work so well. When I press send on my email, it's a tip sheet. It goes out to journalists, gives them ideas of experts they can they can contact. Uh, when I press send, everybody that I put in my tip sheet gets four, five, six phone calls from the media. Uh, we represent an astronaut, uh, and on so. Fun story, and I'm thank you for guys for listening. This, this astronaut calls me on Thursday and says, uh, "Hey, Sir Richard Branson takes off on Sunday. Thinking about hiring you guys, would you? Do you think you could do a good job for me?" I said, "Sir Richard Branson takes off on Sunday. I forgot that. Hold on for one second. So I call Fox News out of New York. We have a good relationship with a Booker." who books Fox radio tours, which means you do a dozen interviews back to back to back to back. I get on the phone with my friend from New York and I say, Hey, uh, Tara, I've got, uh, an astronaut on the phone. Ron Guerin is, is his name. Uh, do you have time for a Fox radio tour tomorrow? She says, uh, what's the hook? Branson takes off on Sunday. <laughs> she says, Oh wow. I forgot about that. Okay, so Ron, can you do Fox Radio tomorrow from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern? You'll do about a dozen interviews. Yeah, I guess I could do that. And I said, thanks, Tara. I'll send you all of Ron's information. Hung up the phone with Tara, called Ron back. I said, how was that? How did I do? Do you think could we could have success together? You haven't even hired me yet. I just got you a Fox Radio tour. That's right. Then I put him in my daily email. He's done to date since he hired me on friday essentially mm -hmm. uh 36 interviews including msnbc when when uh branson is up in the air they're taking live experts one of them was my guy so uh when i talk about over delivering and just tearing it up for somebody yeah uh that's my um uh i call myself the swat team of pr the other firms are the mall cops <laughs> they're just a, they're Shout a little, out to Paul Blart. <laughs> <laughs> they're just a little slower. I'm like, if you need it in the in the house, we're going to kick in the door. We're going to climb down the chimney. We're going to yep. back out a window. We're going to get you in the house. So, 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 what? With that being said, what what drives you to to be the SWAT team of PR? I have this excellent thing about me and i'm probably got it from my dad my dad's a minister shout out to my dad uh, dr robert crilly he's in waco and uh i don't remember life where i'm not coming down the uh, stairs and he's smoking his pipe this is back in the day hey. <laughs> prince albert in the can there we go <laughs> there we go <laughs> and he's working you know he's working on church he's working on a sermon and i just remember the smell of coffee i remember the smell of that that pipe tobacco in the morning, and and he was he was teaching me by example, son, you wake up early, and yeah. you do something, and you just do it better than anybody's ever done it before. I like what Dr. King said. Remember, okay. if you were going to be a street sweeper, be the best street street sweeper on the planet, so that all of the angels in heaven will look down and say, "There goes a great street sweeper." Wow. So if you're going to do it, rip it up. It makes no sense to just kind of. Like coast, 
Like my favorite, if you go to my office right now, there is a uh, a picture of Secretariat. Do you remember Secretariat? Oh, absolutely. Won by 32 lengths. Mm -hmm. Uh, The horse could have won by a length or two. But uh, I get chills when I think about what happened that day. It will never be done again. At a time when he could have coasted to victory, what did he do? Press forward. Accelerated. And when, when I, I, I rewatched the original race, not the movie, but I rewatched the original race and I got goosebumps. I said, man, I'm comfortable right now. I'm, I've got a lead in the podcast arena. I've got a lead in public relations. How good could this get? What would happen if I put the, the, the pedal to the metal? right now and just create more distance with the other guy. So I'm obsessed with the idea of creating a mind blowing customer experience where every single customer we have is standing on the roof of their house, shouting into a megaphone. Why are you not doing business with real news PR? Wow. Um, You, you, you've, you just stoked the fire in regards to blowing it out the water. But before I ask you this question, let me say thank you to the good folks at Classic Vodka. Yes. Crystal and Tim, thank you guys for all your support. You make an amazing product. Um, Visionaries, we stand on the product for a reason. It is the the best vodka that, that we personally consume on a, on a, on a consistent basis. I'll say that. Um, the Instagram handle is at Class A Vodka. The slogan is Class in Every Glass. We promise you, if you get your hands on the bottle, you will understand why we stand on this product. Get your hands on the bottle of Class A Vodka. We talk about blowing it out of the water. A lot of times I talk to Cuff a lot about it. We're, we're trying to get to uncharted territory. When did you realize that you were occupying uncharted territory? Because you have gone to a place where not everybody with your background and 25 years experience, like you said, people could come, people say, I'm just going to retire. Like I'm in the top five media market. I, the, my, my boss is like me. I know what I'm going to do every single day when I go into work. I'm just like, you said, I'm just going to coast it on the inside, retire 55 or 60 and live the good life. And you, on the other hand, have said, I'm going to go where no man's gone before. Why and when did you realize that you had actually entered into that space? So, um, you know, in all those years of TV news, I was getting pitched by PR people who didn't really watch the news. I remember one large PR firm called me one time and there was a young lady got on the phone, said, uh, hey, now, Jeff, are you the guy who's on camera or are you behind the <laughs> oh, scenes? No. And that's, that's the beginning of her pitch. And I'm oh, like, okay, no. um, Brandy with an eye, with a heart over the eye. <laughs> Are you in front of the computer right now? Just Google, just Google mm. Jeff Crilly. Go ahead and I, say it. Google me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then I heard her, oh, you're the on-camera guy. I was like, yeah. Yeah, your clients are probably paying you a lot of money to pitch me. And I've been on the air for 15 years. Just Google the people you're about to call before you call them. So um, I kind of made up my mind when I started the company. I'm not going to hang around my industry. I'm not going to I'm not going to do things the way my industry has done it because I, I'm not proud of the way the industry has done it. What if I just do it the way I think it should be done? Okay. Um, facing the journalists. So that's why I called it real news public relations. I'm telling the journalists, if we pitch it, it's real news. So I looked at a blank sheet of paper. I said, okay, what would this company have to look like in order for the journalists to love it? Well, I'd have to pitch them real good stories. I could never waste their time. I could never call up Sean Rabb and pitch him something that was horrible. Otherwise, what happens? Sean's never going to call me back again. So I got to treasure that relationship with the journalists. The second promise on the right-hand side of the paper was, what promise do I need to make to the customer in order for the journalist to be happy? 
the, the promise I need to make to the customer is I will not take you on unless I can clearly see success. And I will not take you on if you think the tail is going to wag the dog. If you're telling me how the PR campaign is going to work, <laughs> the tail is wagging the dog because you're hiring me because I know the media. I may not be the smartest guy, but I know the media. I know how the media thinks. And by keeping those two promises over 13 years, it's allowed the company to, to thrive. And so in answer to your question, I think I realized in year one or two, I was in charted territories because I was doing things that no other PR firm had done. When we started this podcast division, there's not a PR firm in the country where you can walk in and they're producing 92 different shows. So we've been in uncharted waters for a long time and the market has rewarded us. And now just to go back to the original uh, theme of this broadcast, this, this broadcast is meant to inspire people. This 100%. broadcast is to make get people hungry, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm not here to feed you. I'm here to make you hungry. Yeah. Uh, as Les Brown would say, hungry. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Shout so. out to Les. <laughs> so, yeah. I've had the pleasure of interviewing Les on my show. It was one of my greatest. We times. definitely need yeah. to talk. Hey, after I this. can hook you up with Les. No, you, please. Yeah, that would be. He would be a wonderful guest. Oh my god, he's a very oh my humble, man. humble man. Humble man. You've had a lot of experience. Les Brown, you just you just mentioned that, right? Um, that that that's a, a lot of different doors have been opened for you. Um, what are some of the ways that you actually give back to the community and to other people beyond your customers? So um, we do some pro bono PR. There's a lot of people that we get on the news that aren't paying us to get them on the news. I do like an example of a pro bono client, um, Howdy Homemade Ice Cream. I don't know if you've heard of him. Howdy Homemade Ice Cream. So I got called by this gentleman um, named Tom who invited me to see his little ice cream company. At the time, it was located on Lover's Lane. He only hires people with special needs. Howdy Homemade. It's a feel-good story. Right it's a feel-good story. Sure. So I looked at him. I looked at his amazing employees, and I said, I cannot charge this man money. Uh, I have this vision of heaven, and if I do get to heaven, um, I don't want to have a conversation with God who says, okay, why did you charge the ice cream guy? <laughs> so, so, so Tom became a, a pro bono client, and we do that a lot to give back. Love that. So as we push the ball forward, um, forgive me, Cuff. What does the future of real news look like in your opinion, as you continue to go where no journalist has gone in this PR firm, this 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 arena that you've created for yourself, because I, you, I know you've got a plan, and you don't have to give the entire plan, but clearly you're going somewhere. What does that look like for you? So a natural progression would be to open up one of these in Houston and Austin and San Antonio, kind of take over the state of Texas. Um, the only thing that's keeping me from doing that right now is my excellence thing. Right now, we can, we can pretty much manage 140 clients from Dallas. We can be centrally located. What would drive me crazy is I open up a Houston shop and the person that I put in charge of the Houston shop is not qualified to do sales or I, I don't want to lose a minute of sleep worrying about my Houston operation because it's, it's not at the point where I need money from different uh, bureaus. And I'm not on the, on the, on an ego trip where I need to open up a bunch of stores. Yeah. We all know entrepreneurs who opened up too many blockbuster. <laughs> 
Well, they, they, they didn't adapt. No, they didn't adapt. That, that was There's reason. a lot of reasons why <laughs> yeah. Blockbuster's not here anymore. But you can, you know, grow too fast. You can open sure. up too many locations. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there on an ego trip that have to have their name on a lot of locations across the country. I'm not that guy. I'm more of an excellence guy. I want everybody who's walking away from here singing my praises and throwing me a party. This is a, maybe this is a, a flaw, but we have 140 clients and I have 140 clients who I believe want to throw me a party at the end of the month. If I had 139 that wanted to throw me a party and not 140, I'd be, saying, on the wall. I'd be like, what's wrong with it? Why did this dude not? <laughs> <laughs> what did I do wrong? <laughs> but my whole team, I hired a bunch of pleasers. We're all pleasers. And you, you hire a whole bunch of pleasers. When you walk in, you do feel special. You mm. do feel, make me feel special. Everybody feels it because the boss hired a bunch of pleasers. Yeah. I'll tell you who uh, makes a lot of people feel good, Mo, and that's the good folks over at Dallas Leaf LLC. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, the entire army of Dallas Leaf, uh, one of their things is strength in numbers, uh, whether it's cigars, uh, charity events, entertainment, give the folks at Dallas Leaf LLC. The website is DallasLeafLLC.com. The Instagram handle is at Dallas Leaf LLC. Uh, what is one of their phrases? So support is free. That's right. Uh, it costs you nothing to, to spread a good word about an organization. And they are one of the organizations who support us for a long time. Um, have we reached that part of the show? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a little part of the show. It's called Landing Plane. It is brought to you by the good folks at Grand Brillo Cognac. Thank you to Francisco, the owner, uh, Jameson, the lovers team, everyone who's kind of responsible for this partnership. Uh, visionaries, we sell this product for a reason. Jeff. You got to taste the product. This is good. Unlike anything you've ever had. We told smooth. you. We told very you. Smooth. We told no burn. You. The Instagram handle is uh, at Graham Brulot, and that's B-R-U-L-O-T. We'll go ahead and pour them a little bit, too, while yeah, we're please. doing that. I might just get, get a straw and put it right in that bottle. <laughs> no problem at all. We'll make sure you take care of it. <laughs> yeah. So one of the questions we ask everybody when we land the plane, it is you in a round table, um, five other seats. You get to have whoever you want at the table. The only caveat or stipulation, if you will, is that you can't have God at your table because who wouldn't want to talk to him? But outside of that, dead or alive, who do you want at your table? Wow. That's heavy. Uh, dead or alive. Can I say Jesus? Nope. 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 God and Jesus. Nope. Okay, no, you, can't, yeah. you cannot have whatever religious entity that okay. you have. <laughs> let, let me do it like that. All right. Let's say Dr. King. Okay. Uh, gosh, I can't even imagine the struggles and the, the stories that he would share. Um, let me think who else inspires me in that way. So this uh, is the part of the show we yeah. talked about before the, you know, before the show, where we're going to make you think a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to just tell you some generic heroes. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, uh, first the, one. That's the first one. Yeah. The first person to say so much. Really? So uh, the, the Rocky movie is based on his own story. You know, when he was broke and out of work, he sees Muhammad Ali fighting a no-name boxer who went the distance. He sees the script to Rocky, but he was so broke he had to sell his dog. Uh, to uh, keep peddling the script around. And then somebody agreed to allow him uh, to buy the script. They were going to buy the script off of him for a million dollars, but they wanted uh, uh, Ryan O'Neill to star in it Wow! Uh, from Paper Chase. And he says, no, I got to play this. This is me. I wrote this for me. I'm the star of this movie. And he, at a time when he was broke and a million dollars was a lot of money, wow. he kept peddling around Hollywood and finally somebody greenlit the movie and allowed him to do Rocky and it became the best picture of the year. Well, first of all, I never knew that story. Yeah. I, I never knew. I never knew that. Uh, That's amazing. 
That's that's tenacity. Yeah. Um, I think I, let's throw Les Brown in there since he's on my heart. Shout uh, out to a hero of mine. I mean, he's uh, uh, become one of the highest paid motivational speakers in America. Always uplifting. Uh, so we got uh, Rocky. Uh, Les, Les Brown. They got two. Uh, Dr. King. Dr. King. Three. And I need, I need two more. Yeah, two, two more. more. Dead or alive. My son and my daughter. Oh, <laughs> Am I right? Dallas, sure Dallas is running the show. Out. Hey, I can't, I can't meet these icons without bringing my, my kids. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Gosh, true. My son's giving me a big thumbs up right now. Mm. Shout yeah. out to Dallas. Crew. Yeah, for real. Um, we would be remiss if we didn't ask, how can folks get a hold of not only you, but your business as well? You know, you've got this beautiful studios, multiple studios here. Um, how can folks get a hold of you? How can they get a hold of your company if they want to plug in and be a, a, a client of yours? Yeah, the best way to go is uh, just go to uh, realnewspr.com, uh, R-E-A-L-P-R, realnewspr.com, like public relations, and uh, we'll get back to you as soon as possible. I can attest they will answer the phone and they do answer emails. Absolutely. So um, one of the questions I ask every single uh, guest that jumps into the lab with us is, in case you didn't know, we do have a magical time machine, okay? Um, what advice would Jeff Crilly be giving himself from five years ago? Um, take chances. Don't be too timid. Go ahead and step on the gas a little faster. I think I was, uh, I've been going for singles. You know, I'm not, the, I'm not the, the home run champ. I'm not swinging for the fences every time. I'm going for singles, and, and it's served me well. But I could probably... the tell my younger self, go for some doubles, go for some triples, and every once in a while, go for the fences. It's that it's that thing about balance, right? Because, you know, you just said hitting singles, you just keep hitting going, you, you'll score plenty of runs. Yeah. But when you start swinging for the fences, there's a chance you might miss. Right. And so I think you're talking about the, the balance of, okay, when do I just put keep the ball in play versus when do I, okay, I'm going to try to really knock this one out of the right. park. Calculated risks, right? You know, uh, another piece of advice I would give to the people watching the show, if you haven't seen The Last Dance uh, with Michael Jordan, yeah. that's that's not a uh, basketball movie. That's an entrepreneur movie, right. right? I mean, think about the, that's good. the eye of the tiger that he used throughout all of that. He, uh, you know, when he didn't have an enemy, he made up. And yeah. <laughs> he was, Very true. He was, you know, he, in fact, I think they said in the, in the documentary that Michael Jordan always kind of imagined the fan who had saved up all their money to come see him one time. And this this was not going to be the game where he disappointed wow. that one fan. How powerful wow. is that? That's when you're so good. Like you said, you've got to make things up to yeah, actually drive create. and mo motivate you. Yep. That's incredible. I, I don't know if I've heard that, that piece. I mean, I've heard a lot of other things where you had to create this chip on his shoulder. But... But just even that level of, of detail where you're thinking about the consumer or the, uh, the, 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 the person that comes to the game and saying, hey, this guy saved up $400 for his entire family to come here. I'm not going to be the one that's going to disappoint him and give him a bad performance and, and have him waste his $400. That's, that's incredible. That, Absolutely. That's, that's motivating. I think about that. I mean, he, he could have coasted. I mean, he was yeah. so talented. He could have coasted by on just his pure talent, but he was the hardest working guy. He was the yeah. first one there. He was the last one to leave. He was the one who was uh, motivating his teammates. Come on. You, I know you have more left in your tank. Was it motivating or him 
somewhat threatening them. Uh, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> and six rings later. Right? All right. All right. Now, we're going to fast forward the clock. Second part to the question. Um, what advice will Jeff Crilly be giving himself? Uh, you're five years older. What advice is he giving you today? Enjoy the ride. Enjoy every day. Because I think we all tend to live a little bit in the future. Um, I am so uh, blessed to be working with my kids every day. And I think to uh, be more grateful about the day that we're given today and not thinking about the company when it hits this next milestone. Because uh, it's all about the journey. It's all about enjoying where you are. I think if you had, uh, I'm a Beatles fan, if you had Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney in here right now, we could talk to them about Beatlemania. Uh, but they would kind of be bored with it. They've been asked about Beatlemania sure. forever. If you really wanted to get their attention, you'd say, okay, tell us about Liverpool before anybody knew your name. Tell me what it out in a garage. <laughs> tell me what that was like. Yeah. And their eyes would light up and they would they would just revel in the glory of those early times when they didn't have you know, two pennies to rub together and yeah. they were broke. And I think uh, the lesson in all that is uh, enjoy the journey. Uh, probably some of their fondest memories on the planet were when they were struggling and nobody knew them and they're playing in little uh, pubs in, yeah. in Hamburg, Germany. Uh, so anyway, I, 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 I would tell the younger self, hey, enjoy this where it is right now. You're, you're talking about 140 clients. You may one day have 1,000 clients. Uh, enjoy the 140. Yeah. You hit something. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a good time in your life. Enjoy it. I'm going to, you know, Jeff, you are a um, person of the media, a person that tells stories. Um, you're a curator. I want you to look into the camera. Final question of the podcast and, and talk to our visionaries. What is one piece of sage advice that you can give to all visionaries that are tuning in right now. And by the way, if you like the content, you made it thus far uh, to the end of the show and you like it, go ahead and subscribe, hit the like button. It helps us out with the algorithms, but what's one piece of sage advice that you can give to our visionaries out there? All right, so I'm gonna steal a line from our friend, Les Brown. Les Brown says, uh, we all suffer from the same vitamin deficiency, vitamin A. A is action. We can watch this podcast, we can read a bunch of books, uh, but if you don't take action on your dream, if you don't take action on one thing on your to-do list that you've that have been sitting there for, for a year, you know what that action item is. You've been putting it off for some reason. Just go ahead and do it. There's an old saying in the book world, the one-day novel. I'm going to write a novel one day. And that one day never comes. <laughs> in the Bible, I think it says something about we're not promised tomorrow. That's right. So you got to take action. As Les would say, you got to be hungry. That's it. That's it. Remember, visionaries, each one of our guests dropping into the Vision Lab are dropping nuggets of wisdom here on the trail of life. Ultimately, it's up to you to pick them up. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ryan Mosley. He is Ryan Cuffey. Thank you to our guest, Mr. Jeff Crilly. Thank you to the staff here at Real News PR. Uh, we will see you guys next week on another great episode of the Vision Lab podcast. Blessings. Blessings.